If you would like to know different strategies to improve your quality life during your cancer journey, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Taking Charge of My Cancer podcast, where I'll be interviewing different healthcare professionals, cancer survivors, and I'll be teaching you different resources, tips, and solutions so you can get the best outcomes while dealing with cancer. Welcome to Taking Charge of My Podcast, Episode 9. I am Dorley Munoz, your host. I am so excited to have one of the most amazing and humble physicians that I ever worked with, Dr. Drew Singhol. So Dr. Singhol is a physician and associate professor of surgery of Harvard Medical School and served as a co-director of the Boston Lymphatic Center and a director of the Beth Israel Decadence Medical Center Lymphatic Center. He completed all his formal surgical training in Boston. He's a board certified in general surgery, having completed this uh, at the Brigham a Women's Hospital in Boston. And he's also a board certified in plastic and reconstructive surgery, having completed further training in plastic surgery in the Harvard Combined Plastic Surgery Program. Then he pursued a fellowship in adult craniofacial surgery at the Shangjiang Memorial Hospital in Taiwan and a microsurgery at the China Medical University Hospital in Taiwan as well. His focus is cancer reconstruction. Dr. Singhol is a pioneer in immediate lymphatic reconstruction for the prevention of lymphedema in high-risk patients and performs liposuction, lymphovenous bypass, and a lymph node transplantation for the treatment of chronic lymphedema. Dr. Singhol also performs an entire gambit of breast reconstruction from oncoplasty procedures to perforator flap operations like DIPS flaps. Dr. Singhol research focused in one lymphatic reconstruction. In 2021, he was aware uh, OR1 from the NH, uh, NH to uh, further delineate the functional lymphatic anatomy of the upper extremity. In 2022, um, he was awarded a grant to lead a team to map the human lymphatic system for the Human Biomolecular Atlas Program at the NIH. So it's a pleasure to have you see here, Dr. Singhol. Thank you for doing this with us. Dearly, it is my honor to be here. And I got to just say, um, I miss you. I miss working with you on a day-to-day -day, um, basis. It was you, Lisa, and me, you know, back in when was that? 2013, when we started the lymphatic program at exactly. the University of Florida. And that's where it all began. I miss you. And I, I have to say, when you called me to do this, just humbly, I was so proud of you. You're always a go-getter. And now you're doing a podcast. Um, I'm proud of you. I miss you. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much. We miss you a lot. I, I think about you every day. Every time I see a patient, like, oh, my God, if only Dr. Singhal will be here. I want you to go to Boston and see him. So you're amazing. So thank you again. Well, you know you're always welcome in Boston, really. I know. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'll take your word and then I'll be like, hello, here I am. Okay. We're waiting. So you want to tell us about your, your mission, how you end up doing all the wonderful things that you're doing? Well, thanks, Neil. You know, I, uh, my mission in one word from a career perspective is, uh, you know, my passion, I'm a plastic surgeon, I'm a reconstructive plastic surgeon. So 99% of my patients are cancer patients. And, you know, there's a big blind spot in medicine and lymphatics and the disease of lymphedema, which is one of the most significant cancer survivorship issues uh, in developed countries. 
and uh, and briefly lymphedema is a swelling. Usually it can occur anywhere in the body, but usually you have an extremity following cancer treatment. That's the number one cause of it, um, again, in developed countries. And my mission is to eradicate lymphedema as a sequela from cancer. You know, it's, it's the number one cause of lymphedema is usually surgical treatment of cancer. That's the number one risk factor. And so it occurs in the operating room. The insult occurs in the operating room. And I believe there are surgical maneuvers and procedures that can be performed to mitigate that risk. And that's really become my passion. As you know, we started this uh, together um, back in uh, you know 2013. And that's remained my mission. And it's really the core of my clinical practice as well as uh, our research. Excellent. Very good. Were you always planning to do this? You know, it's funny. I wasn't. You know, I was, um, I was, uh, I trained in the Harvard Combined Plastics Program up here in Boston. And I was initially enthralled with face transplantation, which also requires complex microsurgical reconstruction. And I went to Taiwan to do my fellowship. A few people know Taiwan, uh, Chang'ung Memorial has the largest plastic surgery unit, one of the largest plastic surgery units in the world. It was started in the 1950s by an American, Dr. Sam Nordoff. And they just have uh, turned out so many leaders in plastic surgery. So I went to spend a year and a half there to kind of develop my own fellowship, uh, learning more about the adult face and also complex microsurgery. And while I was there, uh, lymphatic surgery kind of hit me in the face. Uh, they were doing lymphatic surgery really for patients with with cancer and, uh, you know, who had lymphedema post-cancer treatment. And I had never seen this before. And I was completely enthralled. And when my first faculty position came up with you at the University of Florida, um, you know, it was one of the programs I said I wanted to, to start and look into. And when the word got out that we were doing lymphatic surgery, as you know, people started coming from everywhere. And I, I think in medicine, they call it the practice of medicine for a reason. It, it truly is a practice. You get better with the more you see, the more patients you listen to, the more patients you treat, and then listen to them and hear how they're doing as we went through this journey together yep. for so many yep. years. And it, it just became... Like, I think you and I honestly traveled through this journey and Lisa together, Lisa Spiegel, obviously, you know, the lead breast surgeon at the University of Florida, where we just became so, so amazed by these patients, what they were going through, mm -hmm. and also kind of amazed with what they had and what they could have and the, the belief that we could do better for them. And I think that's what's really driven me and driven you clearly um, into this more than anything else. For for me, I see the most potential here to help so many patients. And that's that's really what stepped me in this. And I, I foresee the rest of my career uh, really being focused on lymphatics. Yeah, and, and it's amazing, Dr. Sinho, how I have seen you. Like, you've been doing amazing things. I've been going back to the seminars that you're putting together for lymphedema. And it is amazing, the stuff that you do. You're all over the place. I mean, uh, you know, all the stuff you're doing now, like to try to do lymphatic with MLD, 
and you know ICG all those kind of things that the Australians are doing like it's, it's amazing it's just kind of your passion is just I don't think we can ever fill the shoes ever. We haven't since you left. So it is just- you're, really, you're, you're very kind, but let's just take what you just said and let's just dive into it a little, little bit more, okay? He said, look, Drew, your team is now doing uh, ICG guided MOV, okay? So we're doing this technique where we're bringing patients right into our clinic. We now have a dedicated room in our clinic where we'll do near-infrared imaging of the lymphatic system, see it in real time. And- uh, looking at the lymphatic system in real time, we will offer guided MLD, which is MLD, manual lymphatic drainage. You know better than anybody. It's a technique offered by certified lymphema therapists, occupational therapists. It's a guide lymphatic fluid in patients who have lymphatic dysfunction. Exactly. But, but you're giving me all the credit for this. <laughs> and surely... I have been blessed, and you know this, I have been blessed with working with incredible teams. Do you know who does ICG Guided MLD in our center? It's not me. Uh -huh. Elizabeth Tillotson, my nurse practitioner, Emily Muller, uh, one of our certified lymphoma therapists. I, I'm, I've been surrounded by incredible teams throughout my career. And so, you know, when people give me credit, it, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the team. Just like when I was in Florida, you know, none of this would have happened. Yeah. Without you, Lisa, you know, the support we had uh -huh. to make it happen. So thank you for that. But at the same time, this doesn't happen without incredible teams working together. You're right. But you have to have somebody who drives that passion and that team. And if you don't have the driver, then the team does, is not there, right? So I don't think that that passion and that driver come from anybody. And you know that. I've been telling you this many years. So, but yeah, that's awesome. So will you give us three valuable tips that you have learned um, about your journey? Yeah, you know, and, and I really want to gear this towards, um, you know, the patients in the audience and particularly um, patients who are, are dealing with cancer right now. Uh, or patients who have survived cancer and it's in the rear view mirror, um, but then dealing maybe with some of the sequela uh, of cancer treatment. You know, I think the first thing is allow yourself to be loved, okay? I think, you know, in our society, we are, we are taught to be strong, you know, plow through life and just do it. And, you know, there are times when we were all vulnerable, and it, it's okay to let your guard down. It's yep. okay to let the people around you help you. Yep. You know, trust me, the time will come where you will help them and they will, they will have their own suffering that they're going through. So that's one thing, you know, just having seen thousands of patients in the clinic and talking to them. It's one of the, the greatest um, experiences as a physician is you, you, in a very short window of time, you, you dive into people's lives uh, because it's understanding who they are and where they're coming from and their support is very important, uh, taking care of them. And um, it's one of the things I've seen over and over again. And I have to, you know, remind my patients, allow yourself to be loved, allow the people around you to help you. Trust me, you will get the chance one day to return the favor. 
you know, I think another thing, and I don't know if there's a pearl of wisdom in this, but I think the recognition of this is that the unknown is one of the hardest things to deal with mm-hmm. for, for patients. Yep. Absolutely. And and that's a normal response. It's sometimes easier to tell a patient bad news than it is to say, I don't know. Yeah. And the reality is there's a lot of I don't knows in medicine. And in, in a cancer patient's journey, there's a lot of periods of time where there's I don't knows. You're waiting for pathology results. You're yeah. waiting for a certain outcome. And that can be a very challenging time. You're not alone. You know, I want patients out there to know that that, that, that is a, a very challenging thing to work through. Um, and, but there is almost always a light at the end of that tunnel. So just perseverance. You know, finally, is believe in yourself. Believe in what you can accomplish, what your body can accomplish. Um, I do believe um, <clears throat> that one's ability to persevere uh, is very important. It doesn't mean you can't cry. It doesn't mean you can't be angry. But through all of that is also perseverance. And I do believe that believing in oneself is critical. And, and I think those are the three things that I would I would just say, you know, off the top of my head, really, I think patients, um, that I would want patients to think about as they go through their own journey. Perfect. Very great, valuable tips, and I see it at all the time. So thank you for that. How about your most painful lesson that you have learned in your journey? You know, I mean, as I think about this one, and this one you and I talked briefly about uh, earlier, and I, you know, I, I'm going to get a little personal on this one in terms of my own journey. You know, I have a vocal cord disorder, and um, so when I was 21, I was diagnosed with polyps in my cord, uh, my cords. I ended up having five surgeries in five months. And um, and and I remember when I was deciding how aggressive to be with my surgeon at the time, um, huddled together with my supports, with my parents, my brothers, you know, and, you know, we, we talked about all the options. You know, there was an option to save my voice, but potentially deal with um, the polyp coming back or being aggressive and, and not coming back. And we made a decision to be aggressive and uh, with the understanding that I would never have a normal voice again. And that has been understanding that this, my voice will never be whole again and everything that comes with that. It's a painful lesson. It's a painful lesson. It's like every time I open my mouth, it can be a reminder but in this, you also find strength. You know, I have found that painful lesson for me, uh, making me a better physician every day. You know, understanding that the body is sacred. You know, the, the physical body, the emotional body, of course, but the physical body is sacred. Once you change it, you can't get that back. Um, so for me, I've turned it um, into a strength in that you know, it allows me to connect with my patients better. It allows me to understand their own journey. Um, and not that I equate my disorder with what they're going through, but the themes can be similar. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a painful lesson, but one and one that I've 
worked through over the last 20, 25 years. And uh, I believe has made me stronger and I hope has helped me help others. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, is, it, is anything that you have that will be a value for our audience? And will you share it with us? Yeah, you know, and you know, there's a lot of places we can go here, but I, I'm going to slip back into kind of some of the work we're doing on the clinical and research side. Um, you know, I really believe, uh, and this goes back to the mission, you know, I really want to eradicate lymphatic disease um, from cancer patients. Uh, that's that's the first place I want to start because I think there's a known, there's a known time when the injury there's a known time when the disease is started in a way or the process leading to the disease. And I, I really think that better understanding, <clears throat> better understanding of lymphatic anatomy is going to be the key to the future of preventing this disease. And I just want to explain a little bit about what I see the future as. I see the future as a patient gets a new diagnosis, and let's just take breast cancer for an example, mm -hmm. but this can also be a gynecologic cancer, a melanoma, urologic cancer, um, but for now, let's just stick to breast cancer. A new a woman comes in, newly diagnosed with breast cancer, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna do an imaging, uh, IC, we're gonna do ICG lymphography, neuroinfrared imaging, right there in the clinic. A few quick injections, relatively painless, we're gonna image, map a woman's lymphatic anatomy. And in doing so, we're gonna know what her risk of lymphedema is. And if she's at high risk for developing lymphedema, we're gonna inform the cancer team, we're gonna put them on alert. They may take a different approach to her care, or we're gonna be very aggressive in what we do in the operating room to prevent the disease uh, out of the gates. I really think this is coming and I think uh, I, I, I want this to be on the minds, not only of medical care providers, but also patients um, that, awesome. this is, that this is coming. That's awesome. That's super exciting. Oh, my God. That's super exciting. That's great. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. It's all about prevention, right? That's why the LV bypass has been, at the time of surgery, has been such a great outcomes we still having great outcomes here as well so same here in boston i mean we've continued the work uh and it's it's been kind of nice to see the work continue in parallel mm -hmm. you and dr spiegel lisa you know doing great work publishing your results we're we're doing sharing a parallel track up here in boston and you know it's so important when you are doing this that you share what you're doing and you're, you have to be forthright completely honest you have to share the good and the bad. Because at the end of the day, it's again, it's about the practice of medicine. It's our job, it's our duty to make things better for the next decade and the decade after and for generations to come. Awesome. Um, how can people find you? So, you know, I'm not I'm not that connected <laughs> as I probably should be, but I do have a Twitter account at Dr. Drew Single, and that's one way um, I'd love to connect. Perfect. And so people know he works uh, at Boston, at Beth Israel. So if you ever need to get him there, that's how you can find him. But I will put all his information on, on the podcast um, description. Um, 
is any three books that you will recommend for our audience? Yeah, you know, all right, three books. So, you know, you probably asked the question you didn't want to ask me, Charlie, because somebody once asked me uh, if you, uh, they told me one of their interview questions. Um, I forget if this was, I think this was general surgery residents, was um, they would ask a candidate if they walked into a bookstore, which section of the bookstore would they go to first? Okay. And if you ask me, the section I would go to is self-help. I always like reading books to make me better. And um, so one of the books uh, I would say is Autobiography of a Yogi. It's by a yogi, Paramansa Yogananda. And I actually read this book when I was in a really dark time in my own life. I was a chief resident in um, general surgery at Brigham and Women's Hospital. I was flying a thousand miles a minute. I was in my last year of general surgery training. I had just run the Boston Marathon and I was running outside in the cold weather and I had borne an ulcer through my vocal cords because again, that part of my body will never be normal again. It's a vulnerable part of my body. And I had an ulcer on my vocal cords and my laryngologist told me that if I walked back into the hospital, he was gonna call the chair of surgery and have me fired. I needed to go on a month of voice rest. So for a full month, I couldn't talk. Oh wow. I couldn't even go out because I couldn't interact with anybody. So I had to sit in my apartment. Um, my fiance, now wife, uh, Becca took amazing care of me, uh, but I was alone all day. You know, I was alone and I read this book and you know, this, this yogi actually introduced um, uh, yoga uh, to the Western world and the U.S. And, you know, he really talks about spirituality and spirituality is how we connect with the unknown, you know, and that is, you know, and, and for me, the unknown is God, you know. And, you know, one of the things I took away from the book is just be humble. You know, no matter what you accomplish in your life or, or where you are, you know, do your own dishes, you know, vacuum your house, you know, just, 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 just be a human being. And I think that that's, you know, just be kind. It's just very simple lessons uh, from such a great man. And I think that's one of the more powerful books that I've read. So that's a, a book uh, I would recommend. Awesome. That's great. Do you want me to go through more? I, yeah, we can go to one more. Yep. Okay, one more. I think another one I think is Grit. Uh, Grit is by Angela Duckworth. Um, she's, I believe, from the Warren School. Um, and she talks about the importance of perseverance. And she's actually find ways to objectify this, quantify it. And she talks about the importance of Grit uh, for success. It's probably more important than anything else. Um, intelligence. Uh, it's really, it's ultimately about perseverance. And I, the translation of this into medicine is clear to me. It's, it's a one-to-one -one translation. Again, believing in yourself uh, and perseverance. That's awesome. How about, I know you've been traveling all over the place um, for fun and as well, a lot of your research and, and your experience. Um, will be a couple of top places that you will advise people to go or places that you feel that wow this is like an amazing place and I know every place is amazing in the way but 
all be your highlights? So I'll, I'll give two right off the bat. One is Taiwan. You know, I, I lived in Taiwan for, I, Becca, my wife and I lived in Taiwan for a year and a half. These are some of the kindest people you'll find on the face of the planet. They have a beautiful country uh, from Taipei, obviously up north to, you know, uh, to their, their, their national forests uh, on the Eastern coast. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gem in the world. It's worth the visit. Um, make sure you visit all of it, you know, not just the urban sites, but also the rural sites. Um, and I, I think you'll, you'll walk away with wonder. Um, and I just have to say a place actually I visited when I was in Taiwan. Um, and it's one of the most beautiful places uh, I think on earth is um, New Zealand, uh, specifically the South Island, um, Milford Sound, uh, Kakora. Just, just if you enjoy being in nature, and connecting with nature. I have never connected with nature like I did uh, when I was in uh, on the South Island in New Zealand. So that's that's another place that I would just highly recommend for travel. Awesome. Yes, one question you wish I will have you ask you that you have answered. Any last tip that you wanna tell our audience before we, I let you go? You know, no, just, I, I think I would just wanna re, re-emphasize one thing, allow yourself to be loved. You know, it's so important. We, I believe we're all good. We're all great inside and we all give good. We all give love. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to be loved. Um, and it's, it's the circle of life. If you do it, you'll give back. And honestly, the world will be a better place your own experience will be better. Um, and I just think it's really important. That's amazing. Well, Dr. Singhal has been a pleasure uh, seeing you, talking to you. Thank you for like being part of this show. Um, it's always amazing seeing you and talking to you. And we can talk for hours, as you know that, <laughs> for everything. Absolutely, Adrian. And you know, back to where we started, we miss you, I miss you. Um, and I can't wait to give you a hug the next time we see each other in person. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you have a great day. You too.